It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined as always by my longtime co-host, Carson Ray. Hey everybody, great day to talk about X-Wing. And on the other side of the table, and also several cities away, John McDermott. Hello everybody, back again to talk about some more points. Yeah, so we're back on the points game here. We're going to get at least uh, this episode and probably the next episode focused entirely on the June slash July points update. Uh, So this week we're going to be covering a few more factions. Last week we did Republican Separatists along with a bunch of uh, the generic upgrades and whatnot that saw changes. This week we're going to be covering points and hyperspace changes for Rebels, Empire, and if time allows, Scum and Villainy. We'll, We'll see where we're at. They're the only interesting faction of these three, so we, we got to include them. Mm. <laughs> uh, we did see a lot of changes here, though, both in hyperspace editions and uh, point changes for extended in hyperspace. So um, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Um, this was obviously this most recent points update was focused on adding things that didn't take anything away, which made the notes preparation actually quite a bit easy, easier than normal. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to talk about, so I think we should probably just dive right into that. Yep, let's keep it crisp. Let's just keep it moving. Okay, no ether sprites in this episode. Uh, Let's start off with the Rebels. Uh, Yeah, so um, we're kind of moving through the timeline here. So we started with the prequels last week. We're into the classic OT trilogy era. And uh, let's look at those hyperspace editions, too. Just a couple additions to Rebels for hyperspace, but they're pretty significant. Yeah, we're seeing the addition of, I think, what I would consider kind of a Rebel fan favorite. Uh, and if you've watched the show Rebels, probably just a fan favorite. The uh, VCX-100 is having some new pilots come into hyperspace. Well, yeah, I mean, the VCX hyper- VCX-100 is coming into hyperspace, which is the biggest news. Yep, that, that big ship that you are not quite sure how to store. Um, <laughs> you know, now you get to put it out of storage, put it on the table. That Yeah, that actually does solve a problem for me because I have a separate, like, large base ship box and there are just a couple ships that will not fit in it and the vcx is one of them and the stupid oopsalon i mean this is great we got that new sculpt for the vcx with that dock sheet the pete it's awesome um so you know anytime that's seen the table again that's great um and i actually think this is a fun ship to play and play against yeah, and the uh, the additions they had, they just picked three of the five VCX pilots to add. We had Kanan Jarrus, Harrison Dulla, and Alexander Callis were added into hyperspace. Um, and we also saw some point changes on that front. Um, and then in addition to the VCX, we also had just the Sheathapede added, so you can dock the shuttle on there and get that rear firing arc. Yeah, only seeing a couple of those Sheathapede pilots added, though. Uh, we've got Ezra and Zeb, both named pilots, coming in. Um, that is approximately half of the available Sheathapede pilots, but uh, nonetheless, good options to go with your Ghost. And, uh, you know, with the addition also of the Phantom and Ghost title upgrades into hyperspace, uh, you can dock those pilots with your VCX-100 as well. And one of the changes I like about this for the additions, because they added the uh, Zeb crew, Chopper crew, Kanan crew, and Sabine crew, um, so this is kind of cool what they did. They set it up so you could, I believe, theoretically run the entire Ghost crew 
on a VCX, um, get all the named characters from Rebels. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Like I like that sticking to the thematic element. They kind of did that with uh, on the Scum and Villainy side when they added um, Han Solo as a pilot and you can get Lando in the escape craft. Similar thing. Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> we might not get there today, so maybe it's not a spoiler. Yeah, thematically, I do like that. I mean, that's that's a pretty expensive ship, but uh, it'd be fun. Yeah, and I also think, you know, just as far as adding this to the Rebels um, for hyperspace, it does do a lot. I mean, like, they had, you know, their core small base ships. You know, you got your X-Wings, B-Wings, Y-Wings, A-Wings. Those are all great. But, you know, you want those large base options as well. And um, the Ghost is a great choice there. You know, we talked about Dorsal Turret being added uh, last week. Um, obviously the ghost is one of those reasons we were pretty excited about dorsal turret. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is going to help rebels a lot. I don't think they really needed that much help, but, um, anything that, you know, gives them more options, more diversity all for it. Right. And I think we see that kind of in the actual points adjustments for some of these upgrades. Um, nothing too drastic. I mean, you see Ezra and Zeb and the sheath of Pete go down, uh, two and one points respectively, and then Kanan Pilot for the Ghost down four and Callus down one. So nothing like earth-shattering there, but maybe a little bit more to promote seeing more play in hyperspace. Well, I mean, as far as the point changes go, most of them are minor in this point update, so I think seeing four points down on Kanan is pretty significant, especially for a Force user. Um, obviously, no defense die inherently, so not going to get a lot of defensive value out of those charges, but they're just as good on offense. Um, and at 76 points now, I think FFG is really trying to push more large bases into the format because that's kind of been something we haven't seen so much for hyperspace or I mean for hyperspace or extended, I guess. But um, so it seems like they're ag- more aggressively pricing a lot of those large base ships to make them see more play. And I think generally, too, this is one of the only force users in this points update we saw go down, if I'm not mistaken. There were a handful, but for the most part, a lot of them went up in points by one or two. We also saw uh, all the hyperspace falcons going down, which is everything but the Outer Rim Smuggler generic, which is not in hyperspace. But uh, one to two points uh, for all the falcon pilots, including the newer Leia Organa pilot. Yeah, I mean, those are also great. I think Leia is, I mean, just a pretty awesome option. And, you know, I don't really play Rebels, but I think she's one of those reasons that I'd actually consider it. I I have been looking at a few Leia builds. Is the Falcon pilot for her, is it one force? she have one force? Or she have two? Yep, it's just one force charge. Yeah, which kind of thematically makes sense, right? Because at this era yeah. when she was flying the Falcon, she was new to her force powers. Hey, a passive mod is a passive mod. <laughs> yeah, you can't, can't take it. Well, and her ability is great too. After a friendly ship fully executes a red maneuver, if it is in range zero to three, you may spend a force charge. If you do that, ship gains one focus token or recovers one force charge. It's cool for B-Wings. Yeah, so, you know, again here, seeing a decrease to large base ships, so I think Fantasy Flight's hoping that uh, players will pick up on that and start to include them more in their hyperspace lists. Um, so that's that covers actually all the hyperspace changes. There are a significant number of extended points changes that we saw for a bunch of different ships. Yeah, so I guess jumping right into those, uh, starting with the Ozatuck gunship, um, all of the pilots for that chassis went down. Uh, Wolf Waro went down two points to 54. Lorik went down one to 41. And the generic Kashyyyk Defender went down two to 42. So nothing big, but, you know, decreases across the chassis. 
And I mean, that's not surprising. I feel like, I mean, have you guys played against a Nazutuk in second second edition? Once. And it was at a casual, like, game night, so. Um, I think the most is uh, Wolf Arrow in Aces High. Great option there. Now it just gets even more toys. So part of me, I mean, like, we saw a lot of these smaller decreases across a bunch of different ships. I feel like the Azatuck is one of those ships where we're going to keep seeing point decreases till it really finds its place. Um, I'm not sure, still at these point values, even with the decrease, I'm not sure if I think they're where they need to be to see play. Uh, Kashik Defender is looking not too bad at 42. I mean, but, I mean, take a look at our next ship. We have Miranda Donnie in the K-Wing went down two points. She's 40 points now, and she's a munition carrier. So, I mean, depending on how you kit her out, you know, you could put a couple munitions on her, and weighing against the cost of the upgrades on the Ozatuck, you might end up with a cheaper ship anyway. And it's a medium base with slams, so she can move a lot faster. Yeah, I think I'd take the utility of Miranda Donnie over an Ozatuck still. I mean, wide-firing arcs are cool, though. I'm not going to discount that. Have you guys seen much K-Wing play? Or you could spend a bunch and get Corrin. <laughs> uh, I mean, K-Wing's still, yeah, not... I haven't seen much. Um, there were, that one's probably getting close. What are the generics on the K-Wing? There were a ton Sorry. of K-Wings at the Denver System Open last year. I mean, granted, that was a year and almost a half ago, but I remember seeing like the triple K-Wing lists or even like the quad K-Wing lists. I don't think any of them eked it out into the top eight, but there were quite a few of them. Was that, they were all taking barrage rockets, right? I think so. Barrage rockets and like seismic charges yeah. or something. Barrage rockets was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Warden Squadron is 38 points, so not that much cheaper than Miranda now. Is that initiative one or two? I think the Warden is two. And Miranda's a four, right? Right, and then... So two points more she's, for two yeah, more initiative. She's, she's four, yeah. and then it's not amazing. Um, I'm I am interested to hear what you guys think about the E wing changes because we saw point decreases to all of them. Corn Horn went down two points to sixty four. Gavin Darklater went down one point to sixty, and Rogue Squadron Escort down two to fifty one with Nave down one to forty nine. So sixty four points for Corn Horn. Do you guys think that makes him worth it and extended? Um, I mean, corn's been all right for a while. I think, you know, looking at munitions mm-hmm. going down as well, uh, that definitely bodes well for the E-Wing um, as well as the K-Wing there. I mean, yeah, because the E-Wing's built to get, you know, since you can get target locks beyond range one, they can set up that ordinance so good. Right, so plasma torpedo for the E-Wing, you know, that getting a little cheaper helps. Well, it's kind of funny too. So with corn's uh, double tap ability working in the bullseye, um, if we start to see more large base play as Fantasy Flight's kind of pushing, that ability is going to become more valuable because it's going to be a lot easier to line up. And that would just wreck a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and this might be kind of a hot take, but I think the Ewing is probably the most potent rebel munitions carrier. I mean, it's got a great dial. I mean, it's got like every maneuver on its dial. Um, decent blues, good right. action bar. You know, uh, I mean, it's it's basically the Rebel TIE Defender, right? So to see them go down, munitions go down, I think that bodes well for Rebels kind of in the grand scheme of things. I think you'll see maybe more of them in, like, casual play. But I know I've seen some competitive lists where it's, like, two generics and, like, wedge. Like, that's pretty interesting. So I guess we'll kind of have to see, you know, as 
more, I guess, unofficial online tournaments happen now that these points updates have come out? Like, if people are actually flying more of this stuff or not? I mean, and I've seen those E-Wings can be tough guys because, I mean, with the stat line of all threes, like, it takes a while to take him down with three agility and six hit points. Like, even at the generic level, I think that's one of the reasons the generics are reasonably good is because it, it just takes so long um, to take him down, even if they're just rolling average. Uh, we also got uh, what I'm sure has Carson super excited. Some point decreases to Hawks. Kyle Katarn down one point to 33. And the Rebel Scout down Rebel one Hawks just to and their 29. Support abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. You're dedicated only to Scum and Villainy Hawks. Uh, no, I mean, these are like pretty cheap. I mean, you know, I was just looking at a list with Paul of it. You know, he's way more expensive than Kyle Katarn. That's because he's better, man. Rebel Hawks are bad. He is. Um, but yeah, these are, these are really cheap and like generic Hawks are like a pretty good filler ship, like getting that jam on there. Plus you just have that mobile arc. Um, the ship can do quite a bit for that price point. Do you, do you guys feel like, um, your sense of Hawks is flavored by first edition with the one attack die they had? Cause like, I still forget how much better they are now. Maybe a little, I guess. So they have, of course, two attack dice. Uh, sometimes three if you're willing to spend an extra 18 points. I am. Is it really um, 18 points? For, yeah. Is it really it 18 is, points yeah. for Moldy Crow? But oh, you wait. get to hold on to those focus tokens. But... You get a better primary gun, so then your mobile art can be wherever it wants to be. Like It's a pretty good value. Yeah, it's like the best upgrade card ever. <laughs> right, and their pilot abilities care about um, both firing arcs, so like that's yeah. huge as well. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with two attack dice on my Hawks. That feels great and like usually does quite a bit of work. I mean, and like the Rebel Scout at 29 points, that's basically nothing. That's pretty cheap. Right. I feel like I've only ever seen a Rebel Hawk played with Janors, and that's maybe three times since second edition's come out. So I don't know. I would love to see the other ones get more play, but... I don't know. Their abilities are just subpar compared to Jan's with that offensive modification for her friendly ships. Hey, guys, um, the Spice Runner is only 28, so. <laughs> You're right. The real winner here. I could, I mean, I could see Janors, though. I mean, we're, I guess we're getting away from points changes now, but I could see Janors if the Ghost becomes a more yeah. viable contender. Beefing the Gross. Ghost's attack seems pretty good. You could have like a six die, six die range one attack. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. No, thank you. Um, I think Jan's already been doing pretty good in Extended right now. Uh, we also saw, speaking of the Ghost crew, we also saw the Rebel TIE LN uh, season point decreases. Captain Rex down one point to 29, same as the Rebel Scout and the Hawk. Ezra's down one point to 30, and Sabine's down two points to 27. So that is very cheap. For, I don't uh, think that's going to help any of these see any play. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just talking about how great you know, 37 points in a Hawk looks. I mean, comparing that to the Rebel TIE Fighter, yeah, that just doesn't feel great. It's Yeah, it's weird because you're paying for, like, slightly higher initiatives for a TIE Fighter, but that's just not really what the Rebels do. I mean... And I don't think there's a good way for you yeah. to, like, leverage these in a squad. Captain Rex is good as a filler, or if you want to, like, protect somebody. I mean, Ezra has the forest, right? I don't think TIE Ezra has a forest, does it? Is it not? Is that pre-force Ezra? Maybe. Let me find out. Whatever. Yeah, uh, Ezra has a force in the okay. tie. Anyway, though, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time here. I like 
cool to see him go down. Don't think they're going to get a lot of attention. Maybe Rex a little bit more, but um, let's look at some of the other stuff because we're starting to get into the like big changes. Yeah, the things that matter. Um, Chopper goes down one. We kind of already talked about the ghost. It's pretty awesome still. Uh, YT2400, though, you know, my least favorite ship in the game. <laughs> this is where it's at for the Rebel Points update. Yeah, apparently obstacles just still need to not matter in this game <laughs> of positioning, which is just really frustrating, but whatever. Well, I think the biggest news of the day is that Lebo now has a talent slot. So that was kind of a big deal. I like that. It's cool to see them actually altering some of the modification like bars because they you know, kind of ma- mentioned it as a selling point when 2.0 came out. Like, nothing's printed. We can change whatever we want. And like this is a pretty cool one to see. And then all they did, I think, for the most part, was just take slots away over time. Yep. Like, we didn't see a lot of additions. They switched them around a little bit with the Phantom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Dash going to 85. Ugh. Yeah, down six points. I mean, yeah, the Wild Space Fringer at 72. Like, these are all great. Like, I mean, this ship has four attack dice. Well, I mean, the and these are easily the biggest point changes in Rebels. So, again, we're seeing a big push here for large bases to come into play into the game and this seems like they're most aggressive i think it's kind of weird because i feel like dash is not he doesn't have the healthiest ability for the game he has a terrible ability yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just disgusting well no it's good but it's not good for the game right well breaking the rules is usually good uh for the person breaking the rules that's why you do it but rules are there for a reason Right, but thankfully that Outrider title, which, I mean, you never take Dash without it, right, is still 14 points. So just to get Dash, I mean, you're paying 99 for it, basically. You have to figure Outrider's a staple to this guy. So, I mean, it's still basically a 100-point ship, even before other upgrades. I, I'm pretty sure so is Jan Ors uh, in a Hawk yeah. as well. So, I mean, you're already at, like, pretty close to, like, 145 there, right? So I don't think it's like, too concerning anyway maybe a hot take i I just feel like we're getting into that range i i just don't want them to get too aggressive about dropping the points i guess we've got some time here with these points so we can let them settle out so i shouldn't this guy isn't falling yet but it just kind of reminds me of like when we when we saw the luke gunner um card come out and it was like 36 points when first edition dropped because being able to move that arc after everybody moves was a big deal that would have been too powerful for the game and we're all like oh good it's like a starter card for people playing casual right dash it should be a, a training wheels learn to play pilot that's right not ever competitive yeah, yeah. not competitive and the, then, that's like honestly the only place for that kind of ability um so we'll see if 85 again like you're saying john it, it is 99 for dash with the title but still that's sub 100 now yeah. and that feels like a benchmark to me but I guess, you know, the Separatists get to ignore obstacles for one point. So, you know, maybe the Rebels should be able to as well. Yeah, I think to kind of close out the Rebel faction here with their extended points updates, uh, we saw a couple of their gunner upgrades go down. Bistan down 4 to 10, Ezra down 2 to 12, and Han Solo down 2 also to 12. Yep, just, you know, more reasons to play those big base ships, get those awesome gunner p- pilots, crew. Well, yeah, and people, and, characters. and of course, it's seven points for uh, large base veteran turret gunner in extended. So, um, yeah, there's some there's some good stuff to run with those large bases. 
All right, that's 22 minutes on Rebels. Yeah, let's just do we'll Empire and close All right, out. so we can probably skip Empire. No, we got to do Empire. Empire is <laughs> the best faction, man. Empire on top. Okay. Um, Carson, Carson, I I love you and I love Scum, but Empire is better. I'm sorry. It's where my heart belongs. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited about Inquisitors, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, so over on the hyperspace edition front, we have the TIE V1 entering as well as the TIE Interceptor with a selection of pilots from each. Uh, wasn't the Interceptor already in hyperspace? It was removed, was it not? It was in and then they took it out. Was it? Oh, was it? I think it was. It, it was, was in then they took it out and then they added it back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they added it in that first wave when they added a bunch of ships to the classic three factions. Correct. And the new factions That's had right, nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then there was the Great Cleanse. Yeah. But still, no Sunter fell coming into hyperspace. So they just picked all the other pilots for the TIE Interceptor. So so is the Interceptor really in hyperspace? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. Maybe. Eh, maybe. I'm, what does I'm, Turfenner do? Is that, is that the... Barrel roll one? Yes. Barrel roll boost after you perform an attack or something like that. After you perform an attack, you may perform a barrel roll or boost action even if you are stressed. That's a cool ability. I've seen it's, it used in a game. It's a cool ability. I mean, it's kind of gimmicky. It's but only initiative four. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's viable in hyperspace. All right. That is that is not what is important, guys. Fifth brother, seventh sister, Baron <laughs> of the Empire. Yeah. I'm hyped about this one. I think those are the two coolest named Inquisitors. Seventh sister and fifth brother. So I'm excited to see them in hyperspace. Uh, fifth brother in particular. So he is losing that homing missile. That He doesn't have quite have access to that in hyperspace. But um, yeah, still just an awesome ship. That ability is just really fun. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of sad because I feel like they have... I mean, actually all the TIE advanced name pilots have cool abilities. But fifth brother and seventh sister use their force in a cool way. Um, and they just did not see a lot of play. In the past, fifth brother, of course, while you perform an attack after the neutralized result steps, if the attack hit, you may spend two force charges to add one critical result. I I guess I can accept that fifth brother doesn't get homing missile in hyperspace because Nian still doesn't get pattern analyzer. So so that feels fair. That's like the same thing. You know, just there's cards that, you know, you just always want to equip on each pilot. Um, And I homing missile and fifth brother is just a really fun combo. You know, just always always get that maximum payoff for that ability looking at some of the actual points changes for the empire here in hyperspace uh, we did see the uh, baron of the empire in the tie v1 go down two points to 28 Um, nothing earth shattering there i don't think this one interests me though Um, tie strikers going down a point except for duchess going up two to 44 and i think both of those things are good changes in my opinion yeah, so this one was interesting with the TIE Strikers because it was, I, I kind of forgot that Duchess was actually less expensive than the other TIE Striker-named pilots. So now we see that shift. Duchess is now 44, so it's slightly higher than Countdown and Pierce Sabak. And I think that's mostly because, man, Duchess loaded out with, like, Fifth Brother and Afterburners was pretty gross. And fun. I mean, really fun. Yeah, her ability, her ability is great. You know, you can 
Kidder out pretty well. I feel like maybe a little bit of it was maybe like an initiative tax because she is an initiative five, you know, making her cost a little bit more than the other two. I think initially Countdown and Pierce Sabak, you know, costed more is because they had those really good offensive abilities for pilot abilities. So it's uh, it's interesting. I don't think it's going to, you know, force any of the strikers in or out of play. Um, I, I personally really like the ship and will continue to fly it. It's funny that you said that Countdown had an offensive ability. I, I agree that it's an offensive ability. Um, and it's one of those because you don't have to care about your defense that you can just be really aggressive. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are great abilities and I like those ships did warrant their high price tag. But yeah, I think we have seen Dutch is still just a little bit better. And I think Dutch is with Fifth Brother because we also we also saw Fifth Brother go up uh, one point up to 12 now. That feels appropriate. Fifth Brother is a really good card. Um, and now we're seeing kind of a net increase to the Dutch's Fifth Brother combo of three points. I'm okay with that because I feel like it was already kind of too good of a value. Well, and Fifth Brother is good on so many ships too. So I think to only see him go up one point, um, I could have seen it going up quite a bit more, to be honest, because it's so good on so many different chassis. But at one point, it still seems like a bargain for this upgrade. Hey, um, I just have a lore question for you, John. What is the naming convention for these Inquisitors? Are they all one family and there's just like some lazy parents? Are there multiple fifth brothers? How does how does it work? I actually don't know. No, I it's feel just, kind of a shame that I don't know. It's just the order at which they're inducted into the Inquisitorius. So like the Grand Inquisitors, you know, the uh, Grand Inquisitor because he was the first one. So it's just a naming convention, really. So when the Grand Inquisitor, like, oh, spoiler alert, um, when the Grand Inquisitor died, did like sixth brother become fifth brother or like fourth sister became third cousin or something i don't think so because i mean like they're still technically like the fifth brother right i mean oh, just okay so it's just not like, like a priority thing like if you're a, if you're uh like the youngest of three if your older sibling dies you're not then like the youngest of two right you're still the youngest of three it's it's not like a, a myspace friends list that you just keep <laughs> right reordering the priority <laughs> i disagree i think you rank up but we shouldn't focus on this this isn't x-wing related <laughs> um that's all the uh, all right extended <laughs> extended empire uh yeah so we saw uh, a lot of changes here to extended points uh for the empire we saw a lot of changes to star wings alpha class star wings vinder went down one point to 40 Lieutenant Karsabi went down one point to thirty six, and then the Row Squadron pilot went down one point to thirty four. So not that expensive to get that, you know, one of the better slamming ships. And again, seeing that trend in munition carriers going down with this points update, you know, seeing munitions go down, and then we saw it again with the E Wing over in the Rebels, and now with these guys here in the Empire following that trend, um, just seems to make sense. Yeah, it's great. You know, advanced proton torpedoes went down. Vendor went down. You know, life's looking pretty good for Star Wings. Um, my favorite part of the Empire points change, Colonel Jenden up a point. That's appropriate because he went up two points in the last points change, I think. So basically paid a point more to use his ability each time. And now, you know, with all of the mission carriers going down, to see the support ship, you know, that kind of gives you the advantage of getting target locks early for your munition carriers go up a little bit uh, is a good trade, I think. And 49 is still pretty reasonable for a large base. 
it's totally reasonable. And I, I like the idea that you like if you're gonna run a munitions list, you're not really kind of bound to running Jendon. They're taking the points away from the carriers themselves so that you don't always have to go for that synergy. I, I hate when people get pigeonholed into running certain types of lists only one way. Like, ideally, it would be great to see munition carriers be able to run a bunch of different ways. So I think this is a move towards that. He probably could have gone up a point or two more. I, I mean, he still might, He's still, still might, pretty right? good. <laughs> it's a very good ability. Beginning turns of combat matter so much in this game. It's a huge advantage. What do you dislike more, Carson? Struts or Colonel Jendon? Oh, struts. Struts for sure. Yeah. I mean... Well, it just seems like Carson is so passionate about hating Jendon. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, he's good, but he's still just a lambda man. Lambdas are good. <laughs> They're a lot of work to shoot down. Yeah, actually, lambdas are pretty good in second. And actually, their their offense pretty strong as well. The rear arc does a lot, honestly. Listen, I'm paying comparable points in Hawks here, and I only get two attack dice. Uh, we also see, talking about the TIE V1 again, uh, Inquisitor went up one point. That's the generic with the force that's not in hyperspace. Um, those are really good. Obviously, Carson, you have experience playing against those. Um, not surprised to Everyone see Everyone has experience point. playing against these in extended. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're really <laughs> They're great. brutal. They're brutal. They could have gone up another point or two. They, e- I think they easily could have gone up to 38. Soontir fell, worst pilot in the game, goes up a point, <laughs> unplayable. Soontir fell, just like Crackshot, unplayable now with a one-point increase. You guys, uh, come 54 on. 54 points. You're ridiculous. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's fine. Hey, Ty Aggressor, though, this is what you're really excited about, John. I love this ship, man. I don't care what the haters say. This ship is so cool. It's so weird it looking. It is really cool. <laughs> I love it. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, I like the 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 wing foil thing. It's really cool. Um, This was, I feel like this was kind of like the Empire Y-Wing type ship until now that we have the TIE Brute coming out. Um, So where is this one going to fall? I mean, the TIE Brute is more of a cannon carrier anyway, right? This is still like your dedicated actual turret ship. Yeah, this is a turret one. And that's why it's got the weird foils, so they can actually do the full 360 turret. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, they figured it out for this, but uh, they couldn't for the SF, so good for them. The original Empire Engineering, man. I will say I, Lieutenant Kessel's ability is cool, even though I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually use it. But um, it feels pretty good when you can cancel people's results. Yeah. Yeah. Lieutenant Kessel going down one point to 30, and then the other named pilot, Double Edge, going down one point to 28. Um, I think we're close to the magic number here. Could maybe still go down a little bit, just because like the ship isn't really that good. But I do like the chassis. I think there's some potential there, but... Uh, yeah, each of these name pilots going down a point, not bad. Do you, do you guys think we'll ever see a reprint of the TIE Aggressor, or is it only gonna like only gonna exist in uh, carries over from first edition? I don't know. I own a decent amount of these sweet little ships. I mean, if if they do anything, it's gonna be new pilots probably because they you know said they were gonna scale back reprints. And I think if they're going to reprint anything, it's going to be the more iconic stuff that came out right away in first edition. So I don't think we'll see a reprint for these. Um, But if you were an Imperial player in first edition and didn't buy four of these right away, you did it wrong. So you should have plenty 
to get you through. <laughs> but it didn't come with I auto think thrusters. I have at least three. Well, because this was uh, the second ship to come out in first edition that had lightweight frame. So, other than that is the true. striker. So, there was a good reason. Yeah. I also just thought it was going to be really good and was wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, it's still cool. Three of them with uh, Ion Cannon, Veteran Turret Gunner, and then Jendon is uh, not bad. It's pretty fun. I did not think strikers would be good and thought tie aggressors would. You should not admit that, Carson. That's embarrassing. You should cut that. Actually, don't Whatever. cut that. Let everyone know. I'm only ever a casual Imperial player. Speaking of casual Imperial players, <laughs> tie defenders went down. <laughs> the Imperial E-Wing. <laughs> No, I mean, actually, this is pretty cool. You know, we've seen that trend with this wave. We talked about, you know, large base ships and munitions, but actually there's also kind of been a little subtle um, incentive to play some elite fighters across all the factions. Mm -hmm. You know, E-Wings went down. TIE Defenders, these are some pretty sizable chunks, you know, for all those name pilots. Yeah, each of them down two points. Vessary down to 82, Ryad down to 80, and Rexler down to 79. Um pretty good i do i think they needed to come down no but i won't complain that they came down i mean they were they, i felt like they were kind of fine where they were at they're already basically impossible to kill with seven hit points and free evades from full throttle and three agility dice and a focus like you're not doing anything to these things the, yeah these are one of the few ships that like feel indestructible well, and it's kind of like, I think we mentioned it. Seven hit points. I think I mentioned it in our like Elite Fighter episode that we did as part of that series. But, you know, the the great thing about the Defender is like how predictable it is, and you still can't do anything to stop it. <laughs> right. It's just like, it, it really is intimidating. Like, it's probably one of the most intimidating fighters in the game where, yeah, you're just completely helpless sometimes. Like, it's a three hard or a 4K every turn. Well, what's cool about the ship is, like, it doesn't need upgrades. Yeah. Like, it's got everything. It's got all of the stats, like, threes across the board, four shields, of course, you know, built-in action economy with that free evade. All the and then it actions. has just, like, all of the actions. Like, they're all white. It's got all the actions. It's crazy. It's a fun ship for sure. Uh, I, I And the advanced sensor slot. It will be interesting to see if this falls back in a favorite because it was i feel like it was reasonably popular when second edition started like i think you know the you know early on it was really popular i mean there were uh i don't wouldn't say it was like a large amount but it was a decent amount of people i felt like flying the uh like two generics i think it's the onyx squadron whatever the i1s yeah. are and then uh like jendon in the shuttle with uh pelp it's fun it's cool just you know another list that Jendin just ruins he's, <laughs> takes these wholesome wholesome ships and just makes all of them too good yeah i mean i i still feel like you're probably gonna see a decent amount of colonel Jendin paired up with other stuff like that's still a pretty good trick but yeah i think that uh that kind of covers lock, man that kind of covers all of our uh points for the empire and extended yeah, so, um, okay, guys, who do you think, between the Rebels and the Empire here, the classic uh, conflict, who do you think fared better in this points update? Ah, uh, scum, you know it. <laughs> I mean, well, specifically these two, Carson. It's got to be Rebels, right, if you just go by quantity of changes? 
Well, I don't even think it's just the quantity. I think they saw a lot. Like, I think the decreases to E-Wings are pretty big. And I think of the three large bases that Fantasy Flight is advocating here, I think at least one of them will be pretty relevant. I'm not sure I'm confident enough to say which one yet. Mm -hmm. But I I think it'll probably be the VCX. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as most improved from this, yeah, obviously it's Rebels. The Empire got, like, some pretty uh, needed little nerfs there in some of those points updates. So like, that's, that's great. Um, but you know, the empire was strong and it still is, I think pretty strong. I think overall, this was still a pretty crisp and refreshing points update for both of these factions. So, you know, I'm excited to see what uh, people are playing and extended and uh, what comes out of the next couple months with some of these updated costs. Yeah. Should be fun. No, you're not, you're just excited to end this podcast and go grab another Sprite. <laughs> I'm out of Sprite. <laughs> That's not true, actually. I have, like, two left. <laughs> <laughs> I just got... Saving them for a rainy day. I just day. got really excited. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. If you enjoy listening to the show, please consider going on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review saying what you like and why you think other people should listen. Um, If you're Sprite and want to uh, (laughs) endorse the podcast, hit me up on a DM. Uh, If you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to (laughs) patreon.com slash radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already been supporting the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be continuing our discussion of points next week, hopefully wrapping it all up with those last couple of factions. Um, until then, we hope you all have a crisp and refreshing week. Sprite.